0: This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station.
1: Thanks for staying tuned. It's 9.18, Monday the 27th of February. And of course, you're listening to The Morning Run. Now, a quick update on Bursa Malaysia. Ooh, it's gone into deeper into the red. It is now down 0.14% to 1,454 points. Now, of course, bigger, bolder, better. Who doesn't like this? Would this, however, sum up budget 2023, which was tabled last Friday, it was certainly expansionary with 388.1 billion ringgit allocation. And this was even larger than that that was tabled in October 2022.
2: The key highlight was an even larger allocation of 99 billion for development expenditure, which was a surprise as analysts had earlier anticipated cuts. Similar to most countries, the government appears to be taxing the rich more with higher personal income tax and also the implementation of a luxury tax while the B40 and M40 were net beneficiaries with lower taxes and cash handouts,
3: While the budget was expansionary, there are still questions which appear to be not addressed, such as the rationalisation of subsidies and implementation of GST. All said, how will the Malaysian equity market react to the budget, and more importantly, which sectors and stocks look to benefit?
1: For Answers, we speak to Jeremy Go, Head of Research at Hong Leong Investment Bank. Good morning, Jeremy. Now, What were your key takeaways from Budget 2023 and how was it materially different from that which was tabled in October last year?
0: Hi, good morning, everyone. Now, I'm going to take this uh, from two perspectives, economics and the stock market. So, economically, MOF has a slightly uh, higher GDP forecast of 4.2% versus 4.5% previously. I guess this in part reflects china's uh, reopening in january and given the higher gdp forecasts alongside a lower deficit protection from 99 billion to 94 billion the revised budget deficit ratio has been lowered to five percent of gdp from five and a half percent in october last year so this also marks a reduction year-on-year indicating the government's commitment towards fiscal consolidation although at a rather gradual pace okay. now um from a stock market perspective I'd say broadly there wasn't much difference between the retable budget and the first version, i.e., you know, it was a relatively mute one for the market with no major wows or major shocks. Uh, but this this really isn't such a bad thing, right? Considering that investors were initially quite worried if market unfriendly measures would be thrown in. Sure, we had some new taxes on you know stuff like luxury goods, uh, gains on unlisted stocks as well as the vape tax, but this isn't exactly going to be market spooking.
2: And Jeremy, in your view, what was missing from the budget which the government failed to address this time around?
0: Yeah, so I'm on the same page as you guys. I'd say that there are really two obvious ones. Uh, firstly, they lacked significant measures to broaden and diversify the revenue base. Uh, the PM has reiterated that now is not the time for GST. So granted, the PM is trying to keep a lid on cost of living, but without a broad-based consumption tax, the government will continue finding it hard to manoeuvre wearing a tight fiscal belt. And secondly, is on subsidy rationalisation. Last year, subsidies and social assistance hit a record high of $67 The PM has come out to say that subsidies will now take a more targeted approach, um, which is the right thinking. However, there was lacking of details on how this will be done. With a rather conspicuous um, silence on uh, fuel subsidies. Uh, now, I, I completely understand that that GST and uh, subsidy rationalisation are both very painful matters uh, to the riot. But these are a necessary pay to ensure that fiscal sustainability. So, hopefully, when the six state elections are over, uh, the government can relook into these measures. Painful as they will be, um, I, I hope it won't be politicised.
3: Now, contrary to some expectations, you know, development expenditure was not cut and actually raised to ninety-seven billion ringgit. There was also high allocation for Saban Sarawak and the cost of MRT3 projects lowered. On balance, right, is this still positive for the construction sector and what stocks look to benefit the most?
0: So on a broad basis, uh, a higher DE is, is of course positive for construction um, because there's like a 77% correlation between DE and nominal construction output. So that's the good part, right? But as you currently pointed out on the flip side, the MRT3's project value will be lowered <clears throat> by at least 5 billion. And, and there were also no new mega projects that were announced to spice up the sector. So on the balance of things, we actually find it quite hard to turn bullish on construction just as yet. For construction exposure, we prefer stocks that already have a sizable order book in, in hand to anchor their earnings, such as Gamuda and Sunway Construction.
1: And the B40 and M40 appear to be the winners this time round. Of course, you've got that 2% income tax cut, you've got cash contributions and vouchers for basic food items, cash support for up to two thousand five hundred for households with, less than, with income less than 2500 as well. So is this going to be enough to spur retail spending or will the second half of this year be more challenging in line with the slowing economy?
0: Right. I, I reckon these measures will help to cushion the down, the slowdown in um, retail spending, which we are already actually seeing, right, as the low-base effect starts to diminish. However, will it actually help to significantly spur spending? Um, I think that's quite a tall order to achieve, given the softening economic backdrop. And also, don't forget that while the M40 got a tax cut, the T20 got a tax hike anywhere between half a percent to 2%. So there's going to be some offsetting effect there. Um, but of course, on a net basis, it should still be a positive effect as the M40 have a higher marginal propensity to consume versus the T20. And
2: Jeremy, broadly, which sectors were the biggest winners and losers from this budget?
0: Uh, I'd say that most of the so-called winners and losers are really uh, rather mild ones. Broadly, higher disposable income for the M40 is good for the cons- uh, consumer sector, while higher the girls well for construction. Uh, we also saw there was about $250 million allocation uh, to promote tourism and also the VMY2025 here. And this should bode well for tourism-related stocks such as aviation, brewers, REITs, uh, those with prime malls and hotels, as well as Gunting Malaysia. Most healthcare players under our coverage should also benefit from the increase in healthcare allocation, noting that healthcare was the second largest recipient uh, in the budget. Now, apart from that, the, ap- the absence of excise hikes uh, should also offer a sigh of relief uh, for the sin stocks uh, like Gunting, the NFOs, brewers and tobacco. Uh, we also saw that the government remained committed towards clamping down on illicit cigarettes and alcohol. So that's good for the legal players. Um, on the vape tax, I see this as a precursor towards regulating the vape industry. Uh, and this in turn will open doors for tobacco players to introduce their own vape products to the market, which they currently don't. Right, for example, BAP, BAT has their vape product uh, called Views, and this would present a new income stream uh, for them.
3: So, what are your thoughts on some of these capital market initiatives announced? For example, dual listing, of course, this proposed capital gains tax on the disposal of non-listed shares. You know, will this encourage more listings, and is Bursa a beneficiary?
0: Right, now um, I'm going to be honest here, I'm, I'm not a tax expert and I've not studied in detail what this capital gains tax uh, on unlisted shares entails, but I'm on the same page as you. Uh, this could encourage owners of unlisted cos to consider the listing route to cash out. On um, that aside, there were also other budget measures that go well for Bursa, such as tax deductions of up to $1.5 million for listing expenses on the A's and lead market until year 2025, Uh, This tax deduction initiative is also expected to cover listing of tech-based companies on the main market.
1: Uh, Jeremy, meanwhile, there were some bold steps for the electric vehicle sector with full exemption of import duty on component excise duty and sales tax for CKD units going to be extended to December 2027 from December 2025, while the full exemption of import and excise duties for CBU will be extended also till December 2025. Will this ensure more EV adoption and which companies are going to be the key beneficiaries?
0: Right. Uh, These EV measures are certainly certainly positive uh, to increase adoption in Malaysia. However, one of the major speed bumps for EV adoption is the availability and efficiency of charging infra that still needs to be addressed to spur wider usage. Uh, That said, we nevertheless believe that sales of EVs in Malaysia will be on an upward trajectory uh, coming off a low base, though its contribution to the listed auto companies in Malaysia is unlikely to be significant, uh, in the immediate term. For Malaysian-listed auto companies that are at the forefront of EV exposure, I, I guess that's probably going to be Sime uh, which we do have a buy rating on um, uh, because they are the distributor of of Volvo, BMW, Porsche, uh, Hyundai, and I think more recently, BYD, all of which have EV variants and, and they also provide uh, charging services and solutions.
2: And Jeremy, are there any changes into you for your KLCI earnings universe for financial year 23, post the budget. What is your earnings growth, KLCI target and your top picks?
0: Uh, uh, In terms of changes uh, to the KLCI earnings universe, and really not as yet, we're still waiting for the the, the February results season uh, to be over first before making any uh, recalibrations. We have a modest uh, 6.8% aggregate earnings growth forecast for the KLCI. Uh, how this comes about is that while we do see broad-based growth across most KLCI constituents, uh, this is partly offset by declines in plantation as well as PChem. Our KLCI target for this year is at 1580, uh, but we're likely to moderate this down a bit post-result season. And on the top picks, they are Tanaga, RHB, Genting Malaysia, Malaysian Airports, Sunway, Carlsberg, VS, Armada, OSK, Daiyang, ITMAX, and Focus Point.
1: Alright, thank you very much for your time. That was Jeremy Goh, Head of Research at Hong Leung Investment Bank. He's not changing his KLCI target based on the budget. He has to wait for the end of result season, which is going to be in just a few days' time. But some interesting names that I picked up, uh, which could be Budget Beneficiaries, although not directly. Some Dalby, of course, because they've got a huge table of electric vehicles uh, under them. Gamuda Sunway Construction. But that's because they already are doing well and they already have robust order books.
2: Yeah, and I think in terms of uh, some of the other picks that he likes, um, he does think that maybe perhaps the consumer sector will also benefit because of all the incentives for the M forty and the B forty. So I think some stocks in the consumer space uh, could also uh, be key beneficiaries.
1: Okay, very quickly, we have time for one result. Who is going to be the lucky one? I think uh, Heineken Malaysia. They came out with results on Friday. Net profit rose nine percent to one hundred and five million ringgit. It must be relief because there's no new syntaxes taxes for them
2: yeah, so in terms of the results, um, they've contributed by a fresh record in quarterly revenue and efficiency gains. Earnings per share increased to thirty-four ringgit and sixty-four cents, and the revenue grew by fourteen percent to a record of nearly eight hundred million ringgit.
1: Okay, so eleven buys, two holes, no sells, consensus target price thirty ringgit six cents. Last time price actually up fifty-two cents. People like this. Uh it is uh twenty-eight ringgit as we speak. Up um, next, of course, pressing matters that's going to be happening after the nine thirty AM news bulletin. Keep it here, BFM, eighty-nine